Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Let's talk about air conditioning and heating systems because, you know, you mentioned heat pump. There's a lot of neighborhoods that don't have gas to them. And, you know, in Houston, Texas, it's always debatable whether to go with a heat pump or just go with strip heat. Now, I personally have a heat pump in my home, and I highly recommend it. And I'll tell you the biggest reason is when I the, – the few times where I have had to turn on the strip heat because I needed more heat than what was coming from the heat pump, you know, because it got down below 20 uh, – that heat is just not as comfortable as what I get from the heat pump. No. You know what I like to refer, the, the way I like to refer to a heat pump is that it's soft heat. Um, you know, we got gas heat, which is, a, and today they're variable, so they come, they come in a little slower than they used to. But we got gas, which is a pretty big bang of heat. Uh, and you've got electric, which also does kind of the same. You know, the elements heat up. And you get a you get a pretty good bang of heat, but that heat pump is such a soft, quiet, slow process, and and they really are nice. Uh, heating hours in the Houston area, you know, the heat pump sometimes becomes a little bit debatable because of the cost. But when you weigh out everything involved, including that soft heat and and dehumidification, all the other things that go along with it. I think I think it's a good investment. I think the little more money for that heat pump is is worth it. And uh, it, it, in my opinion, it is. I mean, tr- and here's how I look at it: if you set your thermostat at like 73 or 72 degrees or anything lower than that during the summer or summer months when you're trying to keep it real cool, and you're running your electric bill up by doing that. Why would you not use the comfort settings in the winter months? And that's what the heat pump actually does for you, is it just makes it more comfortable and makes it where you can afford to raise the temperature in the home. Let's face it, in the winter months, we always want to set it at 76 to 78, even though they tell you, oh, keep it uh, cooler and save money. But with the heat pump, you actually save enough money that you can have it comfortable like that. You can. And, and, you know, electric heat is one for one. So uh, whoever your provider is, you're going to purchase one watt of electricity for every one watt of heat that you get off that resistive heat package. So it's not it's not efficient. And, and you know, the, the all the coefficients of the heat pumps and, and, and the performance factors, you know, it's not that way. And then with variable speed equipment, you know, then you get to talk about that. It's even a softer approach coming into the heating mode. So there are a lot of benefits to owning a heat pump over electric heat. And, um, you know, I like them. I, I, a lot of contractors run from them, and that, sadly, because they scare some consumers off. But yeah. a heat pump is, is really, uh, the, the, it's a nice product. Well, and, and I, will, I tell everybody. You're not, when you're shopping for heating and air conditioning systems, you're not buying just a unit that anybody can plug in. You're buying a service, and there's a service that goes with 
uh, to, to keeping your home comfortable, to keeping your home energy efficient and all those things. And uh, Gary, that, that's why I love having you at Do West because you're very knowledgeable about that. You can help people to, to make the right decisions, to make their homes comfortable and to take care of them for years to come in the future. Thank you, Jim. And, and that is so true about air conditioning. Air conditioning is an investment. You know, you can buy a car and yeah, it's going to get you where you need to go and you can get a pretty one or you can get a dull one or you can get what you want. But with an air conditioning and a heating system, it is truly an investment because it costs you money and it can make you money. I mean, it, it, it that's sometimes hard to say, but when you look at the savings over what they may have out there at their house right now, um, you know, it's it's just an investment. And, and I, I tell consumers all the time, think about it that way. And if it's properly done, properly sized, uh, if we approach the house and the use and the consumer, the family, all of that's part of it. And, you know, and, and you're just not doing a service if you don't do that for, for a customer. We're going to Magnolia and Johnny, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. How about you? Oh, pretty good. I was listening earlier, and I was trying to get through when you were talking in reference to um, the cast iron plumbing and the foundation. Yes, We ma'am. are still a forgotten Harvey victim. Our house has not been touched since Harvey. We have had so many people come out and give us bids that are outrageous because our house needs to be lifted. And our cast iron plumbing pipes, till this day, are still leaking underneath my house. Yep. We have insurance, but we're still fighting the insurance because we had a questionable adjuster. And the question is, what I have for you is, we're living like people, I mean, on the streets, basically. We're living in a travel trailer we had to buy because FEMA would not provide one or a place to live. And it's over a year. And my bills are out the wazoo because we have a water well that just runs constantly. And our house is full of toxic mold. And this gentleman was the first person I heard that said something about tunneling. So my question was, if and when we can ever move back into my home that we've lived in for 30 years, um, is there a way to do tunneling if they finally raise the house up, if they're able to? Or does that mean that they have to completely demolish all of the cast iron plumbing and just start fresh? Well, I will tell you, I I do house raisings, uh, raising them up out of floodwaters like that. Uh And I prefer to do them by tunneling. And the main reason, you're getting ready to lift a slab way up in the air. Right. And you're going to knock a bunch of holes in it before you do that. Mm -hmm. That, That just weakens it. So... Uh, yes, we prefer to do it by tunneling. And yes, when a, a house is raised, uh, uh, did you say four feet on yours? At least four feet. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and that's pretty common, four to five feet right now. Um, the Typically what we do is just cut the plumbing loose, lift okay. the house up, and then install new PVC plumbing under it. Okay. So For the drain lines. Okay. So, but the... The way that this house was built in the early 60s, they didn't do uh-huh. rebar. They used that, it looks like hog wire. Yes, very okay, common. So, okay, so those, that, the, um, the, the foundation still can be lifted because 
my two my, my two doors left in my house don't close sure. and none of my windows open or close and my girls are living in this mess yes. upstairs because we can't get any help sure. so i'm just wondering if we ever get this resolved um whether to just take it down or what y'all y'all were talking about earlier the the tunneling and the mm-hmm. foundation because all anybody ever asks is what my policy limits are before they give me a bid. And and yeah. I, I want someone to honestly tell me what to do. I'll tell you what. I, I am going to be – call my office at uh, 713-473-7156. And we do bids for house raisings all the time. Uh, and yeah, my last one was $100,000. Yeah. And, and yep. I'm gonna tell you up front, that's probably gonna be, and it's gonna be up there. Right. Um, so it, it's it's not a cheap process by any means of the imagination. But okay. if you'll call the office, I'm actually doing some training with some guys this week, uh-huh. and I would love to bring some of my guys out and do some teaching on Thursday. That would be like marvelous. Jay in Sugarland, how are you today? Doing well yourself. Wonderful. Hey, um, my current AC unit is uh, 13 years old, and we've already been through the headaches of replacing it in the middle of July when it absolutely died. So we want to head it off this year. Um, Yeah. Basically looking at replacing uh, inside and outside units, um, looking at the variable speed uh, compressors. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Basically, we've been looking at you know the trains and the Lennox units. Um, okay. Uh, is there one that's better than the other? And also, we have a gas furnace. It's a uh, basically the house single story four ton unit. Uh, so you know single zone. Um, do we need to replace the, or it's a good idea to replace the gas furnace at the same time? Yes. So if I'm doing yeah, it, if you're, if you're going to be changing out and going to the variable speed units, mm-hmm. uh, you'll you'll want to be changing out the furnace at the same time. Okay, so just go ahead, get rid of everything that's there, and just yep. go ahead and replace it. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, you you are correct. This is the time of year where the AC manufacturers, the power companies, everybody starts offering rebates to help bring the cost down. All right. How long do these rebates usually last? late into the year uh usually right now most everything is set to expire in november okay so you you got about a month still okay well that sounds good then uh gives me time to investigate it a bit more robert how are you i am doing great i have a couple of questions one concerning uh two wire circuitry Okay. Uh, I have an old house in Spring Branch, and it has the original wiring in it. And I understand the house is not uh, the there's no ground wires. And I was wondering, is that okay? And is it possible to ground it without replacing all the wires? Well, the house has been there since what the '60s, early '60s. Or '50s, I believe. Okay. And you know what? It'll probably be there another. 50 plus years so does it have to be grounded no it's advisable that it gets grounded but it's it's not something that 
oh my gosh, if I don't do it today, I, I got to worry, you know. And, and Robert, if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on hold for just a minute. I got to take this as a real quick break, and I'll be right back to finish up with you. When we left, I was talking with Robert, and Robert, we were talking about, you know, two-wire systems. Your your modern-day electronics don't necessarily like the two-wire system. It's always going to be coming back telling you, oh, it's not grounded and all that stuff. The, the, the breaker panel itself can be grounded, but you're not going to be able to run a, a wire to all your outlets and ground it. I mean, you can, but it, it's usually not not done that way. If you do end up running just a wire for grounding to all the different plugs, at that point you might as well run new wires as well sure. and, yeah. and you know have the whole house rewired. Yes, yeah, I was thinking that. And then, uh, and then to install GFCIs, I would just have to run new wires and new, new Correct. Plugs. Yeah. Okay. The other question I had was about Federal Pacific panel boxes. Uh oh. <laughs> you say uh oh? <laughs> Does that mean they need automatically just be replaced? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Just no, no doubt about it. Just replace it's... them and move on. Yep. Not, not even a question. That one needs to go away. Okay, sir. All right. Well, thank you very much for your help. Thanks for listening to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast. Now, I would love your help. If you enjoy listening to Texas Home Improvement anytime you want, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. Help us reach more people and grow the show in Texas and beyond. Please visit iTunes or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This comes out of Keller and comes from Philip. I have a brick patio that is badly eroded. I'm wondering if I can have a limestone surface poured over the bricks or install some kind of tile over the bricks. Don't really want to go through having the bricks jackhammered up. Who should I talk to? Philip, if the bricks are bad, they're crumbling, the surface is peeling off, no matter what you put on it, the surface will continue to peel off, so whatever you put on the brick is going to pop off as well. So the tile won't hold, the limestone won't hold, and you're going to be throwing good money after bad and never have really what you want. Bite the bullet, have the brick taken out, and then go ahead and put down the right surface, and you'll have years of happy enjoyment from it. But if you try to shortcut the base... It's never going to work. So I would say either live with what you've got or do the project right. And that really does, uh, you know, it, that that is what causes so many people to have expensive repairs. Uh, if you do it right the first time, you'll save yourself a ton of money in the long run. Most home improvement projects, if done right will last and last and last, but done improperly, it, it's just one thing after another that you're trying to fix, and it never, ever gets completed properly. Now, this came in from Peggy up in Sanger, and she's looking at having the outside of her home painted. I'm getting my house painted. The painter said this is the perfect time for painting. It's been raining forever. I'm afraid the wood is too wet. What should I do? Peggy, you are 100% correct. 
Now, you sent this in on the 17th. It was raining, and it's been raining before that. It's been raining since then. Uh, no, you have to wait for the wood to dry out. If you don't, the paint will start peeling. And it's not as bad nowadays as it used to be, but there, uh, there was a fungus that would get into the white pine, the yellow pine, rather, siding. And uh, once you, your siding had that fungus, the paint would never stick. You would paint it, and two years later, it would be bubbled off and peeled off. And the last thing you want to do is seal it up and let that fungus get started. So let the wood dry out. You got a painter who's just in too big a hurry. He's more interested in getting his check coming in than he is making sure your job lasts for a long time. And uh, right now I'm kind of probably upsetting some of the painters out there, but uh, I don't really care. Now, if you want to get the inside of your home painted when it's rainy like that, hey, no problem. But you go outside and look at how wet everything is today. We had beautiful sunshine yesterday. We had beautiful sunshine today, and everything is still saturated. Do you really think it's going to dry out that quick and, and uh, hold the paint? No. So, again, just, just hold off for a little bit. It'll dry out, and you can get it taken care of. I would like to know about a good sealer for a concrete slab. We are remodeling our house. It currently has an imitation wood floor. It has a plastic moisture barrier between the slab and the flooring. When I pulled up the floor, there is moisture between the slab and the plastic barrier. The slab is 33 years old and in good shape. It has a few stress cracks in it. The moisture seems to be all over not only by a crack, it appears to be sweating. I have pulled the old floor up and it was moist all over and smelled like mildew. I have mopped it and it has been dry until the last few days. The moisture is all over. No bad plumbing. Hmm. What I would like to do is seal the moisture from coming into the house, not just with a plastic sheet which allows the moisture in, then seals it from the flooring. What are good, what are going to, okay, we are going to put down carpet in the whole house except for the bathrooms and kitchen. The baths already have tile. The kitchen will be getting sh uh, sheet vinyl. Should I seal it, then put the carpet down and the vinyl down? Or seal it and then plastic sheet, then the carpet. Can this be done with the vinyl? Chuck. All right, Chuck, here's the issue. You're trying to seal out right at the very last spot that you can, where typically when you're dealing with moisture coming up through a slab like you have, you need to deal with the source. In other words, do you have standing water around the home? Are you on a little bit of a slope where moisture is coming down the hill and going under the home? What is causing this moisture under the slab? Something has to be providing the moisture. That's what you need to deal with first. Then you can deal with all the other stuff. But if you simply try to stop it at the top of the slab where it's coming in, no matter what you put on that slab, all these sealers that they sell and stuff, they work if it's on the 
top side. In other words, the water trying to penetrate down through the concrete, and you put this sealer first, and the water hits the sealer, doesn't go through into the concrete. But when you put something on top of the concrete and the moisture is coming through the concrete, it'll blister it up. So let's deal with the moisture source. Then you can deal with everything else around it. Uh, I think you're going to probably be looking at either surface drains or French drain, depending on the situation. And again, it would have been nice to talk to you about you know, what the layout of the property is and all that to get better answers. But uh, hopefully that helps you out on it somewhat. You can call my office because we deal with this drainage situations a lot. Uh, and I see that you're actually, let's see, you're in Sealy. So I'm going to give you the Houston number, 713-473-7156. Let's see here. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Is it uh, Perel? Perel? How yeah. can I help you? I um, I have a, um, I'm trying to remodel my master bedroom bathroom. Uh -huh. It's for my mom, and she is not able to walk as much. So we're trying to, right next to the standing shower, there is a tub. So okay. if you remove the tub, is it going to reduce the value in case if we sell the property down the road or something? Because I want to make the full walk-in shower and remove the tub. Okay. Is there another tub in the house somewhere? then I wouldn't worry about it a bit. Uh, as long as you have at least one bathtub somewhere in the house, you'll be fine. Okay. And you suggest uh, DFW improve, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck with that. And, you know, it, it, that is a great question. Will it reduce the value of the home? It can if you take out the only bathtub in the home. But as long as you have one in the house, it doesn't reduce the value. You may reduce the people who are willing to look at it a little bit, but not that much. Most people want to walk in showers now anyways. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.